Welcome in, everybody, to Big Big Ten Football and Beyond as we take you through the world of college football each and every day. We'll focus on what's going on around the country, and we're going to get to that in a second. And then we will, a little bit later, get into Big Ten conversations. What's going on in the Big Ten over this past week? Kind of a recap, some deep dive inside analysis somewhat deep dive into what's going on around the world of Big Ten football. So we've got that going for you. Got a question that we're going to answer here at the top. It's really in response, I think, to conversation we had yesterday about the latest proposals, this one by the ACC, on the heels of the Big Ten proposal about the transfer rules and some of the effects that it might have. Um, as you know by now, This is what we do each and every Monday through Friday. It is a national college football show every day, Monday through Friday. Yet we also combined it where you get a national college football show daily and you get a weekly conference show all in one. So we feel like it's the best of both worlds. Um, I can tell you that I'm looking hard into it. We know that you, you should know that we have an NFL podcast on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I am thinking, even if it's a short or podcast every day, I'm thinking about doing one every day starting next week. Still trying to work out some details, but I'm leaning in that direction. There's just too much information on a daily basis, and it's going to heat up even more with free agency about. I mean, almost if you do it three days a week and you skip Tuesday and Thursday, there's a lot of things that you will miss, and you've got too much time, and I just think maybe a little shorter podcast, a little bit nuggets each and every day might be the direction we ought to go. That would give us a college football podcast and an NFL podcast both daily, every day. So we'll keep you posted on that. In either case, we're thrilled to have the great folks at 401k Generation on board with us as our sponsor. And we're certainly looking for people that are just like him that may want to promote their business, we can absolutely do that for you. If it's the right fit, we want to talk to you. Contact us at LandryFootball.com. Hit Contact Chris, and we will do just that. We will get TJ in touch with you, and we'll see about the fit and making it work to where we can brand your business just like we do the great folks at 401K Generation. Well, what do they do? What don't they do in the world of finance, in the world of investments, in the world of money management. They're one-stop shopping. They're licensed in all 50 states. We'll start there. Uh, So wherever you're listening to this podcast in the continental United States, we've got a guy for you and a staff for you that can answer your calls and questions and help you. Look, you may have somebody that you're going, hey, I've got my cousin, I've got somebody. That is great. Not saying you need to do this or that. Give these folks a call. Get a second opinion on your finance finances. Make sure that you're meeting your financial goals. Look, so much is important on how we save, how we invest, how we prepare for our future. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Have the comfort level that you're doing the right thing. I think it's the best way to go, and you probably are doing the right thing. Just make sure. If you're not comfortable, you don't have someone that you feel good about, maybe 
These are people that can help you. So get to know them. Give them a call or a text today at 1-866-998-5879. That's 1-866-998-5879. Just talked about these podcasts. Thursday's Big 12 football and beyond. Friday's Pac-12 football and beyond. Monday's SEC football and beyond. Tuesdays, ACC football and beyond. And you're listening to this show, and you know Wednesdays means Big Ten football and beyond. And again, the pro football show, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, soon to be going five days a week. To get this podcast, to get any of those podcasts, go to wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. If you can't follow that, Go to LandryFootball.com, click on the recent podcast, and it'll tell you where you can sign up. Wherever you do that, sign up for Landry Football's conference call. That'll get you all of these podcasts. That way you don't have to sign up for each one. Trying to make this simple. We're trying to just deliver it to you so that on your way to work, when you're in the traffic, or you're sitting at your desk, whatever on your way home from work, your lunch hour, whatever time. We appreciate listening. Get it to your phone, Landry Football's conference call. All right. The news of the day, really headlined by something we've been talking about on LandryFootball.com. And, again, if you're not on LandryFootball.com, I don't know what you're waiting for. We have the – Best offer we've ever had, scouting season offer. It gets you all detailed information, some of what like we're talking about here every day, but a lot more. And certainly the details of draft board, scouting reports, free agent boards, scouting reports on free agents, uh, recruiting information, uh, recruiting boards, scouting reports. You name it. We got it for you. and But you can't get it unless you go to LandryFootball.com. So check it out today. Get the 50% discount. Less than $5 a month. Are you kidding me? Uh, what an opportunity to get involved. We've been talking over on LandryFootball.com for a while about Nick Saban bringing in Charlie Strong to kind of meet with some of his staff kind of get a little bit of a feel. We go back a few years ago when we were telling folks that Lane Kiffin was in town meeting, get to know you, get to see a feel, and it led to him getting a position where he ended up getting coordinator position. On the defensive side of the ball, it operates a little different. Nick Saban is essentially the defensive coordinator. You run Nick Saban's defense. Um. Charlie Strong certainly had opportunities, certainly had some folks that were talking to him about defense coordinator positions, certainly people talking about him being an analyst. Charlie Strong has been very successful as a coordinator, certainly was successful with Urban Meyer at Florida, was a successful head coach at Louisville. We know that things didn't go well at Texas. Not much is going well at Texas for quite some time. Things did not go well at South Florida. So there's a little bit of a rebuilding of his football image taking place. And 
you know, you can do go a n- number of different directions. And talking with Charlie, one of the things you look at is, okay, you can go be a defense coordinator. You can win, have success. Is that going to get you another shot at being a head coach? Probably not. Maybe you're deserving of it. Maybe you're not. But probably not going to get it. The best way for him to repair his image, just like for many, it's going to work for Nick Saban. A, it's the best football operations that we've seen in college football, maybe in history, certainly in modern-day history. Winning is, you know, what people celebrate. But how they do it, how they've created a system, a program, a process, as they like to call it, is something that if you've not been on the inside, you don't really know. Now, I've done a lot of consulting work for Nick because we work together in Cleveland. So I've been privy to a lot of what they do. And it's not something that you sit there and you have a conversation over lunch and, hey, there you go, you got it. It's a daily process that you have to understand, you have to feel, you have to kind of ingrain in what you do. And this is what guys have come on over to learn from Saban. They can take that, and while they're not Saban, they can take a lot of the concepts, a lot of the ideas, and in some cases bring some people with them in promotions to say, um, let's go over to this XYZ school and we're going to implement some of that. And in this position, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to have our own little little way that we go about it may not be quite Alabama, but we can be a lot more successful than what they've been here before at XYZ School. So Charlie Strong is in that boat right now. He can learn from one of the best. He can, more than anything, learn how to do things better as a head coach. Now, listen, it is certainly not all on him his failures at Texas and at South Florida. There's some accountability administratively at both places. So if you look at him, you can say, hey, really good job here, not so much a job there. If he's going to get his chance, if he's going to resurrect his career, there's one way and likely one way only, or the best chance of that happening is working under Nick Saban, learning under Nick Saban, and getting a good word put in by Nick Saban. There is no doubt the reason why Mel Tucker's name and the whether it works or not is is a different story. But Mel Tucker's name... And the aggressiveness in which Michigan State pursued him after the Luke Fickle situation was due to Nick Saban putting in a strong word for him. That's what 
It's big for Michael Ackley, who had a connection to Maryland, but hey, this guy is ready to do this and take it, you know, take that next up. That has had a lot of reasons for success for a lot of coaches that have been under him. It hadn't been always, you know, perfect dealings. We know Lane Kiffin, but if you can go and learn from him and if you can get his blessing, you've got a great chance to move in a direction that will give you a better opportunity. So that's what he's doing. People will say, hey, wait a minute. This guy's a great defensive coordinator. Boy, the defense wasn't good at Alabama. He ought to be the defensive coordinator. Hold on. Charlie doesn't know Nick's defense. There may be a point in time, depending on how things grow and develop during the season, that if Charlie picks up this defense well enough, he may be the coordinator in a year. You don't come in and run – Hey, Nick, this is what we're going to run defensively. You run Nick's system. So the guy that can run Nick's system the best is going to be the defensive coordinator. Now, there's a lot of hand-wringing and consternation about Pete Golding. If Nick can find someone that can call his defense better than Pete Golding this year, he'll do it. If he can't, Pete Golding's going to call the defense until maybe somebody more gifted. Maybe Charlie Strong's more gifted at being a defense coordinator. People don't understand on the outside. Well, oh, he's been a coordinator. This is not LSU and Ed Orgeron. This is not Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. Well, they hire a defense coordinator, an offense coordinator to implement a system. You take it and run with it. This is Nick Saban's defense. Nick Saban decides how it's run, what it looks like, how it smells, how it feels, how it touches, how it oozes. That's what you're looking for. So it very well may be Charlie Strong. Look, it may be something that happens organically. I wouldn't rule out at some point Charlie Strong being the defense coordinator. Maybe after a year, maybe after a spring. Maybe during the season if things go bad. I don't know. I'm just saying that he's not the guy right now. Mentioned something yesterday that on the heels of the Big Ten proposal of allowing kids to be have one transfer option in their career, the ACC, we mentioned this in ACC football and beyond yesterday, that the ACC is also in favor of it. Look, this is going to happen okay this is and listen I've said before that I'm for more organization into the transfer process they're severely lacking in organization what I think we need is more control over it I not to be repetitive but I said on yesterday's show if you didn't hear it that most kids that want to transfer, they think they want to transfer. They usually regret transferring. 95% of the time, they regret it down the road. And if they stick it out, 
they're really glad that they sticked it out. Now, there are circumstances in which I think a kid ought to be able to transfer. I'm not against them transferring. What I'm against, what I'm against is just making it so easy, making it as an easy way out. I think that stuff is not good. I think that stuff is very negative and creates a problem where I think you have to pretty much protect kids from themselves from making bad decisions. That's going to affect the rest of their lives, certainly the rest of their football careers. I I think there needs to be limitations. Now, is one transfer in your career the answer? Well, I ask you, any lawyers out there, please chime in and let me know what you think on this. If you make a rule that a kid can transfer, but you can only do it once, do you think it would hold up in court if a kid wanted to transfer a second time somewhere? If he did it once, why can't he do it again? Well, it's against the rule. Well, think that'll be litigated against? (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I think there's more to it. Now, here's the other thing. How about this? Think about this. If you've got a kid that you're a little bit maybe iffy on, would it be better to not recruit him until he goes to another school? In other words, we're not going to go ahead and sign him. We're going to let him go somewhere else and recruit him off that school's, out of that school. Off that school's roster. Because if you recruit him and sign him, he can transfer. If you sign him off of somebody other other school's roster, he can't go anywhere. Something to think about. I don't know what's the answer, but um, we got an interesting question that was sent on Twitter. Um, and let me see if I can get the name here. I forgot. Who said it? Uh, who sent it in? Uh, S.D. Kane. He says, "Do you think there should be an adjustment to the 25-player limit college team can bring in each year if they're below the 85-player scholarship limit, even after signing 25? With all the transfers, it can take two to three years to try to get back to 85." Oh, I agree. In fact, I'm a little bit more radical with this and that I believe we should have larger numbers. Now, smaller schools are not crazy about this, but I really believe the number should be um, 135 in a year, personally. And I think, you know, um, it would create more opportunities, but there's still a lot of schools. But let's just stick with your question. Absolutely, and it's a great point. Because here's the thing. Roster management is becoming really complex. I mean, it's it as complex as it is in the NFL almost because you're not having to deal with money. But it's quite a challenge in that you're looking at it in the circumstances where, as um, S.D. Kane says, <laughs> you got guys leaving off your roster. You're getting Connecticut has had 26 
players transfer. 2-6-26. One more than 25. How the hell are you going to get back to 85? Signing 25 years. That's not, and if they're continuing to, no, it, it, it is... It is tough. You're going to be under your numbers, which is why, though, let me just say this, there's some options you can have. You can sign more than 25. You can gray shirt them, basically you can put them towards X year's number. So let's say you got a guy that this is where evaluation of numbers on your roster is key. So, all right, look, you know what your numbers are within your senior group. You also know what your numbers are in juniors, and you know which guys are more likely to be draft prospects if you're in that type of program, and who's likely to leave. So you can kind of anticipate in each class what your numbers are going to be. So you can can sign more than 25. You sign 25, you you can sign maybe 33, 32, 30. But you have to put five of them in another class. You have to put them at the beginning of next year's class, which you can do that. But then you have to factor in, again, who you anticipate might be there, who you anticipate might leave for whatever reason. How deep do you feel your recruiting pool is from for next year? All of those things become very complex. But – Absolutely, I would love it, and I think it would be fair that you should be allowed to sign it. Now, if you do that, you still would have some challenges because what if in the year 2020 you think it's a better class in your recruiting footprint than 2021? Well, you might want to sign five extra, five over 25, gray shirt them if you can, Put them towards next year's numbers because next year's numbers are not as, as good, so maybe you only sign 20 next year. But you you still have the options. You still have a little bit more maneuverability. You're exactly right, though. If you get hit with a lot of transfers, it can take two to three years, even more, to get it up. So I, I do think they need to look back to that, to where your overall numbers. Uh, you should be able to get to 85. Now, here's one of the other things about the transfer rule. It is certainly having an impact where schools are saying, go ahead, um, certain players are not as good as they thought. Uh, they encourage guys to move on. You move on to create his scholarship, and you can you can uh, obviously fill his position. But as, you know, um, S.D. Kane's mentioning, you can do it, but you can only sign 25 in a year unless you sign over that in Congressure, which you can do that to a point, but not in great number. So, no, I think it, it's a whole situation that needs to be looked at because if we're essentially going to open it up to college free agency, we have to look at the overall numbers and how many players we can sign each and every year. I think that's really important. All right, let's get into some news and notes from the Big Ten this year. Transfer news, former Michigan State redshirt junior wide receiver Weston Bridges has transferred to small Ashton College. He played running back and wide receiver for the Spartans 
but he decided to leave the program in October. Didn't see a lot of playing time. Nebraska redshirt senior tackle Christian Gaylord was granted a six-year of eligibility, 6'6", suffered the, the season-ending knee injury last August, which opened the door for him to petition the NCAA for a medical hardship waiver, allow the extra year. Really good. He was one of the best players in the state of Kansas coming out in the 15 recruiting cycle. He's going to be a really good player for Nebraska in 2020. Wish him nothing but good health. Redshirt freshman wide receiver Darian Chase out of Nebraska has entered the transfer portal. The 6'1", 185-pound um, uh, played in four games last season, caught only one pass, four-star athlete in the 2019 class. Um he uh, he was recruited by Troy Walters, who was uh, no longer with Nebraska now. So we'll see. Uh, the 2020 class includes three four-star prospects headed to Lincoln. So with those guys coming in, he decided to move on. Central Michigan, remember, we go a region, right, not just in the, um, the conference. Central Michigan, sophomore um, Kyron McGinney Harper has been suspended indefinitely for Violation of team rules. He was arrested on February 13 on multiple criminal charges. Maryland redshirt junior safety Deion Jones has entered the transfer portal. He's going to draw some interest. I'm telling you, the former four-star recruit started six games last year, 34 tackles. He chose Maryland over Florida State, Penn State, Clemson, Florida, among others. Is unclear whether Jones has already graduated. So that'll determine whether he's immediately eligible or has to sit out. And Akron Redshirt senior offensive lineman Brandon Consul has entered the transfer portal. 6'4", 325. He's got good versatility. I think he could play. Hales from North Carolina. Uh, I think he could be a uh, a really good player that could be uh, a at least a quality backup at the P5 level. Some coaching news over the past week in the Big Ten. Eastern Michigan head coach Chris Creighton has announced he's going to call plays this fall. He's going to take the extra role. He's called plays before. He did it at Wabash and at Drake. Uh, wasn't real happy there. want to get into some of the week, uh, this past week's Michigan State hires. We know they hired Mel Tucker. Um, they're going to bring in Colorado offensive line coach and run game coordinator Chris uh, Kapilovic to serve in an undetermined capacity. Uh, he's a Larry Fedora disciple, worked with Larry at Southern Miss and at North Carolina. Um, as you know by now, they've decided to keep Mike Tressel for the 2020 season as defense coordinator. Uh, also, as we said, Ron Burton was going to Tennessee, not so fast. Stand at Michigan State because of Tressel. Remember, Mel Tucker came in and said he was not going to keep anybody on the step. But after looking at it, he's decided to retain a couple of guys on the defensive side. Now, offensive line coach Jim Bowman has retired. Um, you know by now that they tried to woo over uh, Vince Merrill from Kentucky, great recruiter. Uh, he decided to stay at Kentucky. Um and, uh, you know, Ken Manning, the longtime uh, strength coach, has decided to retire as well. Ken's one of the more interesting guys, interesting strength coaches around. Uh, Cincinnati defense coordinator Marcus Freeman is going to remain with the program. Uh, he is He was pursued by Michigan State. And it's led to that was the second 
um, candidate that he wanted to bring in uh, as defense coordinator. Mel Tucker did, but it's what led to his keeping Trestle. Uh, but Marcus has done a good job in keeping Luke, staying with Luke Fickle. By the way, this may be a little early, but maybe the best G5 team next year, Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, Indiana, because they end up not getting Coach Burton, has decided to hire two-lane defensive line coach Kevin Peoples. Um, so um, it, it is um, – they also um, – and, of course, you know that uh, two-lane loss, we said Chris uh, Hampton to Duke, but good get for them. Nebraska is going to hire – Special teams analyst Jonathan Rutledge to serve in the same capacity. He was hired by Oregon, uh, Auburn in late January of 2018, swiping him from Missouri. He's been working as a special teams analyst with the Tigers for the past two seasons. Slides in to replace Javon uh, DeWitt, who uh, early this offseason left for North Carolina. And Michigan is going to add Albany defensive coordinator Keith uh, Duzinski as uh, a defensive analyst on their staff. Some recruiting news. Of the week, Rutgers has received a verbal from three-star uh, 2021 wide receiver Carnell Davis. We mentioned him. He's got him over Penn State, Nebraska, and Temple. Uh, second pledge of the 2021 class is from Richland, New Jersey. Uh, top 600 overall player. So we'll see if they can hold on to him. He's a guy that's got some mobility, and certainly some bigger schools are going to come after him. Michigan State trying to salvage something of the 2020 class. They did after losing a, losing a couple running backs. They signed three-star running back Jordan Simmons, six foot one ninety-two, originally committed to Michigan State in mid-October, but opted not to sign in the early December window. Then D'Antonio resignation. Then uh, so it, it he was delayed his decision. He's decided to come on board. He's a top fifty running back prospect of this past year, and Cincinnati received a verbal from three star tight end Traylon Davis. Um, Max School offers Akron, Ohio, Western Michigan, six five two fifteen. Got a lot of growth potential. He's got a chance to help them out. All right, some draft news that I always like to throw in some nuggets of uh, players within the region and certainly in the conference. Ohio State's Jonah Jackson. Um, you know, 6'4", 305, began his career at Rutgers, grad transfer. When he lacks in athleticism and body control, boy, he plays with heavy hands. He's strong. He's a guy that's going to make it onto the next level. couple of Michigan offensive linemen, Ben Bredesen, 6'5", 325, was a fixture on the offensive line during his time at Michigan. He, for each of the four seasons, he served as a team captain. Good power. Athletic limitations, doesn't bend all that well, but, boy, he can steer and drive as a run defender. And the center, Cesar Ruiz, can be a really uh, nifty center. 6'4", 3'19", really good pass blocker, and got a little bit more ability than, say, um, Bredesen. He's got the tools to really develop and become a special player on the next level. Penn State linebacker Cameron Brown, a lot of people have been down on him in terms of his linebacker skills, getting to his landmarks and coverage and playing in pursuit, uh, breaking down as a tackler, not all strengths of his. The guy can rush the passer. And as he puts on more lower body strength, um, I still think he's got make-it ability. Uh, and we'll see how well he can develop and be an all-around player. 
guy's got good pass rush ability, and that in, in and of itself is going to give him a chance. Notre Dame tight end Cole Komet. Uh, again, region, talk about them in the ACC a little bit, but wanted to mention him too. A lot of Notre Dame fans in the Big Ten region, really good hand placements. And if he improves his blocking ability, he's going to be really good tight end at the next level. May not be as good as Dayton tight end Adam Troutman, though. 6'6", 253, really good move tight end. Boy, he just like got a little bit of a George Kittle look to him athletically. Um, really good-looking player. I'm excited for folks to see him this year. I know a lot of folks didn't see him a lot to play, but I've broken down a lot of tape on him and studied him at the Senior Bowl. This kid's a really good player, def- definitely a make-it player in the league. Robert Windsor, the defensive tackle at Penn State, really good career. Um, I think once he understands blocking angles and leverage and his hand usage a little bit better, it's going to be really good. like his motor. I like his fight. I still think he's a day three uh, guy that, going to be a great value like Anton Winfield like the way he played this year was more like uh, two years ago in 2018 makes plays on the ball he brings versatility can play corner he can play inside um you know he he plays a little bigger and a little bit tougher than his size at five nine and a half five ten two oh five uh, back to the uh line of scrimmage Tristan Wirfs Six five three hundred twenty pound tackle really moves well for his side. Fluid with his hands and foot movement. Like his position versatility. See him as a right tackle can play guard. Uh, really good player. You know how much I've liked uh, Tyler Biotich from uh, Wisconsin. I just think he's a rock solid center prospect. He's not a natural pass protector, but it, um, you know. He understands angles. He understands leverage. He's got good quickness. He can replace his hands. He's got the strength to turn defenders. This guy's a make-it player at the next level. Um, what hadn't been said about Chase Young? In addition to elite production, this guy has a chance to be special at the next level. The one thing I, I would say is that he he doesn't have the advanced pass rush moves and hand usage as the Bosa's, but probably got more natural ability than those guys by a little bit because those guys are really good. The other um, the other corner I'll call him at Ohio State in this draft is Demond De- uh, Ar- Arnett is his own corner. Uh, he'll struggle probably playing outside receivers, returning to, um, to school last year was really important. I thought he played well. He's a day two pick, and I think he's a make it guy as his own corner. And Wisconsin, Zach Bond, the linebacker, is another good outside rusher. Uh, <clears throat> he does play pretty well in an off the ball position, likely where he's going to end up. I like his size, I like his versatility to play off the ball. You know, he even can play inside. Um, a lot of people have, you know, um, made some comparisons. Um, that are that are probably not a little bit over, you know. Clay Matthews a little bit of an oversell there, but he does some of the things that I think bring some versatility to his game. Um, some other notes before we head on out for today: Michigan State linebacker Joe Bashi, as you know, was suspended after testing positive for performance-enhancing substances. Um, 
really good at diagnosing plays, defending the pass, particularly in their zone package, limited athleticism. Um, he was projected to be a day two to three prospect before the 19 season began, but um, his stock is going to take a little bit of a hit um, because of it. And then, of course, uh, off the field, disturbing news with the suspensions by the uh, the Ohio State cornerbacks, uh, Jason Went, the redshirt senior, and uh, obviously uh, redshirt senior cornerback Amir Reap with um, some off-the-field situations that are very disturbing. They've been dismissed and won't be returning to Columbus to play for the Buckeye program. That's a look at Big Ten football and beyond. A reminder again to check out our great friends at 401k Generation. Give them a call. Give them a text. 1-866-998-5879. If you want to figure out a way to help promote your podcast, we'll be glad to do that. Uh, Or help promote your business, I should say. We'll be glad to do that. Uh, Go to LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris, and TJ will be in touch with you. And sign up for this podcast for Landry Football's conference call, and you'll get all of these podcasts, pro, college, and, of course, sign up for LandryFootball.com, our scouting season offer, the best one we've had. You don't want to miss all the film room breakdowns, draft prospects, recruiting prospects. we got it all for you. Great to visit with you again. Join us tomorrow for Big 12 Football and Beyond, where we, again, take you around the national scope of college football. And then a little bit later in the podcast, we'll get into a weekly wrap-up of Big 12 Football, what happened over the past week. Your one-stop shopping football, NFL, college football, LandryFootball.com, and right here on Landry Football's conference call. Talk to you tomorrow. I'm Chris Landry.